1: Seventy-four preview show. Hello and welcome
0: to the 1874 show. It's a preview show this week. I'm not confident that we're live at all, but I am here to do a preview of Bournemouth against Aston Villa with my good friend David Reid, looking very festive, very Christmassy with his tree in the background. We'll touch a little bit on last night as well. Obviously, Villa won in Europe last night and preview the Bournemouth game. As I've said, this show is sponsored by Manscapes, but we'll hear a little bit more about them
1: later on. David, looking festive. How are you? 1st of December, isn't it? Yeah, 1st yeah. of December. A little, little bit tired, but uh, no, nice, nice to have an early start, although Adam did make us late, unfortunately. But there you go. What can you do? I mean,
0: uh, you last week, Adam this week, I, I just cannot catch a break. Always <laughs> on time myself. Cannot catch a break with you two behind the scenes. You've been Where have you been? You've been St George's Park, haven't you?
1: I've, I've done a, yeah, so I'm with the Lionesses this week, uh, doing some stuff with them for Sky. So, uh, at Wembley later today, been at St George's Park this week and then going to Scotland for their next Nations League game after the Netherlands tonight. So, uh, I'm packing every layer possible for oh, Glasgow.
0: I mean, we call Greg, global Greg Evans, destination, Dave read all over the place. And <laughs> obviously, I was at the game last night and it was absolutely freezing. I was so, so cold. Lee next to me had a, a heated July and I yeah, And so, I, I caught no warmth off that whatsoever sitting next to me.
1: Yeah, I've only discovered these in the last couple of weeks. So I, I probably should invest in one. Um, but they are apparently quite good. I don't know how Lee Lee's yeah, review yeah, was. He, he was raving about it. He said his was only £12 off
0: TikTok shop, whatever that is. So I'm going to be investigating and getting myself... Lee down with the kids. I know, TikTok shop, Lee Lee Haynes. He's not producing today. Adam Bates is producing, hence why we're late. But Lee, our producer, ahead of the Tech game with the heated July. Let's talk about Aston Villa Football Club then, Dave. I'd say reliable three points in in Europe last night, in some ways similar to, to the last home game. Obviously... There was all the trouble. We won't delve too much into that. But if you come in all the way over from Poland and none of you get to see the football match, then, I mean, what's the, what's the point? I, I actually don't understand that mentality at all. I'm sure there's some genuine fans within there who have ended up missing the game who actually did come for the football. But the people that, that came for a fight got a bit of a scrap with, with the police and, and credit to West Midlands police because it seems like they handled it really, really well last night. But they didn't get to see any football, didn't get to see their team lose. But it, it was a... A relatively comfortable, straightforward win for Villa. Or be it would have been nice to get that extra goal and, and seal top spot.
1: Yeah, it would have been. A, it would happen, wouldn't it? If if the Leon Bailey chance right at the end would have just dropped the other side of of the line and in, into the goal rather than kind of bouncing out again. Um, yeah, regulation. I, I think sometimes we we underestimate these European sides a little bit just because of their names, probably and. I think they're better sometimes than supporters give them credit for. I was impressed with Mostar, with their organisation when they came to Villa Park. Um, and Yeah, I mean, Alkmaar were better at Villa Park than they were away from home. Maybe it's just teams coming to, to Villa Park and knowing that, you know, it's going to be a big audience, big stadium. You know, they may not. Might maybe one of the few times that they play in one of the kind of old English stadiums in their careers. So, you know, I think you have to factor in teams and players raising their game. I thought Legge were were quite organised as well at times. But as you say, there was no real need for Villa to get out of third gear. And we've said this a couple of times, maybe over the last few weeks in some of the kind of more regulation Premier League victories, that it feels like Villa can go up a, a couple of gears on demand, really. So, a fairly comfortable win in the end would have been nice to get that extra goal, but a fairly comfortable win. Yeah, I feel like
0: we're conserving energy almost for for the weekend, and it felt very much like that last night. Of, you know, sat sat in my seat. You when you're at the game, you get a better sense of of what's going on. And my, my vantage point where I I sit is very good, and I can just tell it's not as fast. But almost when they want to, when they choose to, in those European games. They do play with a bit of tempo and do play with a bit, bit of pace, and that's when Villa looked at looked at their best last night. But there wasn't always a always a need to do that. And they've got they've got the job done. They, they, they've won the game. Villa have, Villa have qualified. It would just be nice to get that top spot to try and avoid those extra two games because I think we'd probably be able to, to do without that. And also with the teams coming down from the Europa League, if you have that extra game, it's tough opposition, and there is a risk that you that, that, that you go out early, which not, none of us want. So yeah, interested to see what happens. We've got Mostar to come. I imagine there'll be wholesale changes again, but. Really, Villa will, will want to win that game to see all come in top and, and and making sure that's what they do. Probably apart from the trouble, the, the big story from last night that Ollie Watkins didn't play because they've talked about him having a knock. The second time I've cursed a player on on this on this show. First was, was Tyro Mings. After I said he never gets injured, he then went and got injured for the season. And I mentioned Watkins' finish actually on the Claret and Blue podcast. Wat, Watkins' is fitness, sorry, on the Claret and Blue podcast last week. And then he's got a little knock, although it doesn't sound like it's very serious.
1: I think it was more a kind of no risk situation with Ollie Watkins so he um I mean you know Emery told the the media on his pre-match news conference that everybody was fit and available and Ollie Watkins trained on the morning and then Emery uh, Emery faced the media a little bit later on in the day and Ollie Watkins was actually supposed to uh, do the pre-match press conference for Villa and he was swapped out uh, fairly late notice for Yuri Tileman so that didn't, for me or, or anybody really there, kind of set any alarm bells ringing simply because Unai Emery had said everybody's fit and available. So it seems that, you know, perhaps he's come off the training pitch, felt something and and Villa have rather, rather than risked him in this game, they've calculated that, you know, Villa have got enough quality to beat Legia and are hoping that Ollie Watkins is fit and available for the weekend. So hopefully... We'll probably get a little bit more guidance on Ollie Watkins this afternoon from uh, Emery when he speaks to the media again ahead of the Bournemouth game. But yeah, I think, and from John Duran's point of view as well, I think it was vital that he got minutes on the pitch and was able to to get you know a, a decent chunk of time on the pitch because he, he hasn't really seen that much action over the last few weeks. So good to see him up front. And, and we've just got to hope now that Ollie Watkins is, is going to be OK for the weekend. There's another big game again in, in, in midweek as well. So... I wonder whether there'll be one eye on that one ahead of team selection for the Bournemouth game. Although you know, in I am sure we'll say we're just focusing on this one, and we have to, uh, you know, we have to take each game as it comes, as they say. But I wonder whether the following fixture in midweek will also play a part. Do you think we can read anything else into the team selection last night that might give us any
0: hints or clues to the team selection on Sunday against Bournemouth? Uh,
1: I wasn't, I wasn't too surprised with with the team that he played. Um, I think, I mean, maybe I, I had given Leon Bailey's form and given the fact that he's played in the Europa Conference League, I yeah. wasn't expecting him to play. So that was the only one that oh, I raised a slight eyebrow at, that he wasn't starting. But again, he came on and performed brilliantly. Um, but I think everybody else that that played last night, Alex Moreno needed minutes. I think he's been ready to play for... The last three weeks or so, but it's just been a case of not being able to get him into the game. So I was happy to see him on the pitch and, and get a goal. I think most of the other selections were, were pretty standard. I mean, Robin Olsen came in in goal, um, long late, plays in the Europa Conference League. So I wasn't too surprised with, with team selection. I just wonder now whether Leon Bailey might, might start uh, at the weekend.
0: It's interesting, isn't it? I mean, I think Martinez was carrying a knock fairly recently. So again, that was probably a precaution that, that he didn't play. And good to give him a, a little bit of a rest as well, I guess, in a, in a game that Villa won without him a, anyway. I thought Carlos might play over concert because it just feels like Konza and McGinn play every single game. And Luis as, as well, perhaps you thought he might not start. The big team news for Villa this weekend will be that Kamara's not playing, suspended. Five yellow cards. Villa have got to have a, a reshuffle in midfield. I kind of called the team right last week by saying Carlos would come in. I tweeted yesterday before the game, I've got a sneaky feeling. I think Emery now is starting to think not think of Tillemans as a kind of a, a central player. I don't think he'll pair Tillemans and Louise together. I think Tillemans will play in one of the wide positions. I actually think McGinn might move and play next to Louise. And that was what we did a few times last season when Kamara w- was out. Just because he gives you a bit more leg, legs in the middle, Tillemans has got lots of skills. I think he's a lovely, lovely footballer. And I actually really enjoy watching Tillerman's play. But getting around the pitch, he's not as good as Kamara and Louise. And in a two, that can sometimes pose you a problem defensively. Is that something that you can see happening? Maybe McGinn coming in centrally and Tillemans moving to one of the kind of inverted wide positions.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the only the only reason that he, he might... Um, Perhaps go the other way and select Tielemans in there is the, the fact that over the last few weeks, Villa, were, you know, we're in settled possession of, of played this three at the back. Um, and and Kamara's played the right side of, yeah. of that three and dropped in. Now, if that's the McGinn role, it's a shift for him. And being left footed, it makes it slightly more difficult for John McGinn to play the same. I'm sorry, angle. Dave Raid, I need to interrupt you here.
0: Producer, Light, not on, not on mute. Not on mute, so I can hear everything that's going on in his in his office. What is what is this producer all all about? <laughs> look at this! Look at Look at his face! <laughs> Completely bewildered by what by what I've just said, and can't get can't get himself on, on to mute. I'm so I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Dave. Um, <coughs> it's, quite, where, it's quite all right. Where, 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 do you think what you were saying about the, the back three? Then do you think that means that Carlos might play again because he didn't play last night? Do you think that might mean that they do a back three that way with concert right back again?
1: Possible. Yeah, I think it's possible. Um, just just because if McGinn's playing in, the, in exactly the same role as Kamara is, which means in settled possession, he'll be on the right side of, of the three. It's, I it's can't do that. It's different sure. angles. Yeah, it's different yeah. angles and um, it, it, it wouldn't probably be, be as effective as it has been previously. So one option then is to is to bring Diego Carlos back in and move Conser out to the right back position. As they did against Tottenham, away from home again. You you then kind of think, well, did that work completely against Tottenham? Very different team, Tottenham and, and Bournemouth. Um, but that's a consideration. All the other option is is to kind of play Cash as the right back, but play him play him low, and then bring in a Bailey to play high and wide on the right hand side, and offer the width that Cash might do, and then McGinn switches over. To the left hand side and Tielemans play central midfield. So I think there's there's different considerations. Um I, I've I've got a feeling that he will go central midfield with with Tielemans. And I think he'll play, I think he'll do that. I think he'll play Bailey high high and wide on the right, McGinn on the left-hand side, and cash being a low kind of centre back in this game. So or centre backslash right back in this game. Um just it is a bit of a reshuffle, though, so I think it will take a, a little bit of time for the players to get used to things. And Tielemans hasn't really played um, hasn't really played central midfield since he's come into the side and yeah. and and given us the kind of form that he's shown. He's played wide, he's played as the as the kind of shadow striker of Watkins. So he, he may decide to stick with that as well.
0: Yeah, one thing Bournemouth have got is that they're, they're, they're full of energy. I watch. A ton of football, but for whatever reason, for some reason, it feels like Bournemouth are the team I've watched the least and probably know the least about in, in, in the Premier League, but they've picked up results recently, but they've been doing really, really well. And we said it was might be a good time to play Tottenham last week. Probably not the ideal time to play Bournemouth because they've got a bit of a run together and got a, bit, got a bit of momentum, but in some ways as well, they're a team that will play one way and press and, a, and, and attack and that might suit us.
1: Yeah, the manager came in in the summer, came in in the summer Andoni Ariola. He, he got quite a lot of excitement around his appointment. Obviously, they got they got rid of Gary O'Neill. And there was a, a lot of question marks around that, given the job that he did. But Ariola did great at Real Vallecano in Spain. Uh, they won a lot of plaudits for the way they played and the way they tried to disrupt teams. And it was, you know, you think of La Liga and Spanish football as, as tiki-taka. They were doing something slightly different, where it was kind of lots of long balls and switches and lots of crosses into the box. And I think they, they were kind of watchable because they were slightly different in, in La Liga. So he came over and he was trying to implement this new style of play, uh, which is high octane, high press, crosses, long balls, crowding, uh, you know, crowding those long balls as well for the seconds. And um, it's taken them a little bit of time to, to, to get used to the way that he wants to play. I think there were a few whispers a few weeks ago as to, you know, how long is he going to last? They hadn't won at the start of the season. I think the Burnley result really kick-started them when they won that. And then they've gone on a little bit of a run, beating Newcastle, who are obviously an excellent side, totally dominated Sheffield United. And when you you look at Sheffield United coming up into the Premier League, they would have hoped to have put on a better performance against Bournemouth, who are obviously one of the teams that might well struggle this season. But Bournemouth absolutely, um, you know, dominated that game. Uh, they've got Ryan Christie, who's who started off the season as a as a kind of number ten, but he's dropped back and he's playing more central midfield now as part of the the two holding midfielders. And I really like him; he's an excellent player. And then they've they've got really dangerous players in those attacking positions as well, with Tavernier yeah, yeah, like uh, and him. Semenyo as well, who's playing well at the, at the moment. Um, and of course, Dom Solanke up front, who I, I I always think has got talent. He's never quite hit the heights that I thought he would. But I think he is a player that's got talent up front.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marine Boy in the chat saying this match is a massive banana skin for Villa because this is our bogey team. I think since that game where we won on their return to the Premier League, I think we have lost every time there. We'd never seem to have a good time at Bournemouth at all for, for whatever reason at the Vitality Stadium. I think you're right about the They've got pace on the flanks. Have, have, haven't they? Cliver scored last week as well that might have been his first goal. Actually, they've got dangerous players on on the flanks, tri- tricky players on the flanks, and you've you've touched on Solanke there, a player I really rate. I think with Solanke is an there's an element of of Ollie Watkins in him, in that I think it's taken the right manager to to make him flourish and see all his skill set and get him properly in the goals. I actually think if Solanke worked under the, um, let's say Solanke was working under Emery, I think he'd score a lot of goals. I think if you look at him and you look at his skill set. He has all the things that you want a modern-day striker to have. You know, he's physical, but he's quick. He gets around the pitch well. He's a decent finisher, actually. Quite a good, instinctive finisher. I always think if he hasn't got time, Solanke, I think he's a better finisher than than when he has got time. But if you, you look at him, you know, you'd look at him and think, there's a hell of a number, number nine there. I think as time goes on, some players develop later. I think maybe Ariola working with him. Solanke might turn into a, you know, a player that regularly hits double figures in the Premier League.
1: Yeah, you've never you've never doubted him really in the championship, but it was always that step into the into the Premier League that people had a few question marks over him. But you're right, absolutely, I, I agree with everything you've just said there. He's got all the ingredients to be a top Premier League striker in in the modern game, and it's just about unlocking that and getting the consistency. I think he's gone on little runs of scoring goals, and towards the back end of last season, when Bournemouth were playing well and trying to stay in the Premier League, I think he was a key part of that. But I think it's just about Getting that consistency with with Dom Solanke. I think he's a, I think he's a really good player. Yeah, I'm glad they stuck with the manager as well because you're
0: right. There was there was whispers, there, there was murmurings that they might look to make a change, but they kind of went all in on him in the summer, ripped it up and went for something completely different. So if it's not worked after seven eight games, you have to kind of just accept that because you've you've not took a risk, but you've done something different. And it, these things do take time. It is a completely different way of playing. We saw with with Villa, you know, we, we were picking up a, f- a fair few results, actually, in beating the teams that you'd expect us to, to beat. But it took us a while to get fully into to buy into to what Emery wanted as a, as a fan base, really. And as the players, it took them a while. I think they was buying, but it took them a while to get to grips with how to play Emery ball. And that's going to be the same. A Bournemouth because it is a, quite a unique way that they press and stuff, the triggers and the, and the way they go Bournemouth. So I think it was always going to take time and they've stayed patient and they are picking up results now. And I think they'll be one of those teams that will be pretty, be, it'll end up being a tough place to go to as the season goes on, the Vitality Stadium. I think, I think teams will struggle there. And as Marine Boy says it, historically, Dave, we have not done well at this ground.
1: Yeah. And I said this in the summer and I, <laughs> I was a little bit worried as the season started about Bournemouth just because I thought there was a touch of, of the season that Villa got relegated with the signings that Bournemouth made in the summer. A lot of good young players without a great deal of experience, but around that sort of 10 £15, 20000000 million pound mark. And I had a slight concern that these players might be really good eventually. But is this going to be the season where they're ready to fight, to stay in the Premier League. Kerkhez at left-back, started the season. Um, he's obviously going to be a good player, but is he going to be able to s- sustain that for a, a Premier League season? They've got Zabania at the back, who I hadn't seen much of, and he's turned out to be very good this season and one of their highlights. And then you've got in in midfield a little bit of experience now with Lewis Cook and Ryan Christie, but then the front line, I was thinking, OK, Tavernier's done it at the back end of last season, but you look at Cliver menu are they going to be able to to come in and be consistent Premier League footballers? so I had that in the back of my mind where I was thinking you know would, would there be some similarities where they 've signed some players for for decent fees, but are they going to be able to be good players right now, which is kind of what Bournemouth needed so uh, i 'm glad that they 're starting to turn turn the corner because I think they 've got some talent in their in their starting eleven so I think it 's one of those teams that as you said earlier, really are going to take time to 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 really get to grips with what the managers asking them to do, and, and hopefully for their from their point of view, be able to to gather enough points to stay up. Tavernier is an interesting one because he he did well in
0: the championship. It felt like a big fee at the time for him when 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 they bought him in, but largely when he's played, I feel like he's been in the goals. But again, I can't, I don't feel like I've got a fair impression of him because I don't feel like I've seen him play live enough. But one of those players that are match of the day. Always looks busy. Always looks lively. He scored a couple of goals last week. When he does play, he seems to score.
1: Yeah, he's he's. I agree. I mean, he's another player that has come from the Championship, and uh, I I actually think he's he's got the quality to be very good in in the Premier League. I thought he was excellent at the tail end of of last season. He scored some lovely think, goals. Yeah, and his deliveries into the box are really dangerous. And for a high crossing side, it's perfect for him to be able to get those deliveries into the box. So, yeah, he's a player that I think is going to be. Um, He's really important, really important for Bournemouth. Yeah, and, and just back
0: to Villa finally. A couple of players walking the, the disciplinary tightrope. We've already lost Kamara for, for this game. Douglas Lewis and Luca Dean, I think, are on are on four bookings. Now, obviously, we've got left-back cover again now with Moreno. And I have to say, Moreno looked very fit last night. He didn't look like his, his injury had curtailed him at all. He was as quick as I remember and he was as durable as I remember because he, he went pretty much, I think, about 80 minutes in in the, in the game last night with the two games that we've got coming up it's imperative that Douglas Luiz doesn't get booked, isn't it?
1: (laughs) I don't think you can understate how important it is not for (laughs) Douglas Luiz to get booked on Sunday. Um, He's been outstanding. He's vital. Um, Right now, you know, all the players on the pitch are looking for him when he gets the ball to do something with it and be creative and play those killer passes. He's been so important. Um, So he's going to be vital over the next week or so with these big games coming up. I think, I mean, I don't think there's any danger that he's not going to play. I think obviously he will play someday. But I think there might be a word from the manager just to say, "Just, just go careful, just go careful in this game.
0: Because that is my biggest worry ahead of the weekend because I'm really looking forward to the, to the next week or so. Those two games at Villa Park, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely electric to have those two games in a row at a time when we're playing so well and we, you know, we're sitting where we are in the table. I, I just find it so, so exciting, as, I, as I've said on previous shows. But if we were to lose Douglas Lewis for either of those games, I think it would temper my excitement and my excitement may turn a little bit more to nerves.
1: I don't, know, I don't. know about. I, I mean, at the moment, I'm going into every game like excited to see what we're going to do, how we're going to play, who's going to play where. I don't think that would change if Douglas Sowies would n- miss those games. I just think, you know, he's been so important and so key that Villa won't be. I don't think Villa would be as strong if he wasn't in the team. Um, but it's still such an exciting week ahead. I can't wait for it
0: yeah right we will come on to predictions but before we do I'll have no clue when this starts and when it finishes but we need to hear a little bit about our sponsors for this show Manscaped Manscaped have been a friend of the channel for some time now and they have launched a fantastic range of facial hair products including the new handyman electric face shaver this is designed to give your face that smooth finish without the mess of a wet shave and it's the perfect tool for men with any beard length so I've got it here in front of me it's a very nice little bit of kit looks like uh, a little bit like an old mobile phone actually in in some way so I haven't actually used this yet but it's very compact it's very small and yeah so I feel like it would make a good Christmas present because I I don't ever wet shave but maybe this would encourage me to wet shave more because it is less faffy I literally just whack it around my face and it, it does the job so I haven't used it yet but it looks like a nice piece of kit perfect as a stocking filler this Christmas now, if you have a fuller beard, like I normally do, they've also got a product called the Beard Hedger, and it comes in a lovely little packet like this, Not a packet's not really a packet, is it comes in a lovely little travel case, let's call it. You just charge it up It's a USB charger, so you just whack it in and charge it on USB, and it charges very quickly. Now, I have used this today, you'll notice so I've basically taken my beard off today using this product, and yeah, Really, really good. It goes down from a, so basically you can start at a really high length. The highest length you can start with is an 8, and it obviously goes all the way down. Now, I used a 2 to take my beard off today. got my beard down to a number 2. It was really quick. It did what I needed it to do, and again, probably a good stocking filler to to give to someone who who needs a product like, like this. Apparently their cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all in one with one guard So no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons, and in fairness, that is true because you know, I've just got the, the one thing on the top So these things with the, with the way that they've got the case as well, you know, easy to take away and just, just stick in your wash bag And with Christmas coming up, you know, these are the kind of functional gifts that, that men like so yeah, I'd have a look at these if I was you, and obviously if you do do it, and you use our code, which is the Villa View in all capital letters, you will get twenty percent off and free shipping. Now, great work from Adam Bates yet again, because the channel isn't called the Villa View anymore. But the code is the Villa View, so you get twenty percent off and free shipping. All the details are in the description of this video and I can genuinely review the product and say it's really good because I've used it and you can visibly see that I've used it as well because there's nothing on my face like there normally is made me look about 15 years younger I reckon so yeah if you need some Manscaped products in your life use our code you'll get free shipping and you'll also help our channel thank you very much and thanks to Manscaped. do that yes are we back oh we're back uh, honestly I, I can why can I never see what's going on I absolutely <laughs> no, no clue I can't work in these conditions anymore Dave but I've been good on the predictions actually because I do predictions in my who score show my villa predictions are saving me at the moment mm. so I'm limping with everything else but I keep getting the villa score bang on so I've got the last two games I've called the score absolutely perfectly Dave not sure you have, but we'll. Come, we'll come. I, I, I think I think we both went two. Uh, last we did week. go two, and I got the Luton game right as well, I didn't I? The three, the three mm-hmm. one. I think. What are you going for this week, Dave?
1: Um, I'm going to go for a clean sheet. One nil, please, We're not going to get a clean sheet. It's not in the gods. It's not, it's not what we do. I'm going to keep predicting a clean sheet until it happens. One nil, tight yeah. game. Well, you're going to keep get us over the, the line.
0: You're going to keep getting the score wrong, then Dave, because we don't need to playing against each our lives. I'm going to go again for two-one to Villa, but I am wary of Bournemouth. I do think this is a little bit of a, a banana skin, and I'm guilty of this as well of looking ahead to the, the two games after. But you know, this is a this is a big game to keep the momentum going and bearing in mind the two teams that we are playing after three points here, actually. Would be massive in case we don't get three points in the in the in the two games that that follow. So I'm going to go for two one to Villa, but I do think it's going to be a, a really tough afternoon for, for for Villa, and it isn't a place historically that we've done well at. Dave Reid, thank you ever so much for joining me. Adam, thank you very much for all you do as well. Most of it good, some of it not, but it's always a pleasure to work with you. Thank you to everyone that's tuned in live in the chat. Not so many of you this morning, but your fans, we didn't really give you any notice that we were coming on and doing this show. Those that are going on Sunday, I hope you have a safe trip. And if you could like, subscribe, comment, do all the good stuff that helps us, however you were taking in this podcast, that would really, really help the channel grow. So thank you very much. And thanks for all the support that you do give us it's really really appreciated it, appreciated sorry and Dave and I both really enjoy doing these preview shows have a good Friday and as always up the villa
1: sports social podcast network